0: Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James?
1: Well, real life is the real horror now. So these these video games feel a little light this week.
0: Very, very well put. <laughs> uh, and speaking of lightweight stuff, today we're talking about the TBS original movie of classic survival <laughs> horror games, Dino Crisis. Yeah, with a soundtrack by Richard Band. (laughs) It's fantastic stuff, and I have to say, I loved playing it during these horrible times because it made me feel so Mm. much better.
1: Yeah. You know, whenever I was a kid and I wasn't feeling good, I'd go to Hollywood Video and rent a bunch of shit that was, like, straight to tape. This game is straight to tape.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) But before we get too deep into it, As always, this episode is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show, AKA to help support me. I'm basically an out of work AV guy. So this is one of my gigs. You are now my bosses. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But because of that, and I've got the extra time, we are going to be kind of revamping it, adding new tiers, adding new content. Um, Not 100% sure what that's going to look like But we're just talking ideas And I think it's going to be fun
1: We're looking at you People that are still employed (laughs) Yeah, exactly
0: (laughs) Uh, And as always This is a game club At the end of every episode We tell you what we're going to play next And you can jump in the discord and bullshit With us about it Which now is better than ever Because everybody needs (laughs) some social Interaction uh the release schedule is a little wonky right now Mm. because we have some bonus episodes and we have some episodes that are getting rushed but we still like to tell you guys at least a couple games ahead what we're up to if you want to play along with us and even if you play it after the episode comes out you know jump in the discord and talk to us uh it's always fun in there people are always kind of playing various horror games and stuff that we have covered or haven't covered at various times so
1: it's a good time yeah Super fun.
0: Okay. So Dino Crisis. Mm. Uh, 1999. Yeah.
1: Directed by Shinji Mikami. Boom. It came out smack dab in between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Right. And smack dab between <laughs> Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, the real survival horror. The Jurassic mm-hmm. Park sequels. Uh yeah, and so my kind of like thesis statement about this game, before mm-hmm. we get into the nitpicking, the minutiae, <laughs> the stuff that's great and the stuff that's horrible, because you know there's mm. both. I just wanna say I think Dino Crisis rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say Dino Crisis rocks, I mean that Dino Crisis doesn't give two shits about anything.
1: When you say that, I imagine, like, in my mind, the Dino Crisis logo with rocks underneath, like, written in rocks like cavemen. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Totally. Yeah. Hey,
1: Somebody that's slap a, that on a t-shirt.
0: I was just going to say, that's a shirt. We should sell that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Dino Crisis just doesn't fucking care. The story is, like, a horrible TBS made-for-TV movie. The game is like super crazy and frenetic Mm -hmm. it's over the top it's wild it's all about shooting dinosaurs with shotguns and like (laughs) it gives so little of a shit that it was very refreshing like life right now is very paranoid and panicked and hectic and so it was nice to play Mm -hmm. a game i was like dude fuck you (laughs) fucking shoot a t-rex in the mouth fucking Mm -hmm. do it come on so thank
1: you shinji
0: yeah, I was actually very grateful for this game. I very much enjoyed its zero fucks given attitude. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing that I'll say too, as a bit of a thesis statement, is that this game is, I think, the first time that they sort of signposted where they were gonna go with the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Like with the more the faster pace, the greater emphasis on action and Mm. very interesting to play this game at the same time as we got the demo for the new resident evil 3 remake
1: Mm. yeah (laughs)
0: because like the re3 remake is from the based on the demo it's going to be really fast and action oriented and frantic Mm -hmm. and so it was crazy to go back and play this game and be like oh this is your dad you know (laughs) (laughs)
1: Or at least uncle, first uncle,
0: (laughs) great uncle. Yeah. Something like it's, you can, it's very interesting. And I think that this game actually works a lot better and is a lot more fun to play than some of the other games that they tried the same formula on specifically code Veronica and Resident Evil three. Wow, that's a hot take. I like this game better than both of those games. Oof, wow. Yeah, I know. It's it's a hot take. You just gave me heartburn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, that was a spicy
1: tamale, but fucking come on, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, so, okay, here's my take on Dino Crisis. If you love the laboratory sections of Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, good news, there's an entire game of the laboratory section. <laughs> I think that's not generous at all.
0: Because, <laughs> like, okay, so here's here's the thing. The thing that I think is cool in Dino Crisis is that the moment-to-moment gameplay, the combat traversal, etc., I think is really good, and it's really fine-tuned. It's not perfect at all. It has all of the same problems as Onimusha, for example, or Code Veronica, or Resident Evil 3, but i just think like there's so much good stuff in there that like it sort of overrides like the story being dumb and the setting being a bit sterile
1: well and you bring up code veronica too and code veronica if i'm not wrong is the first resident evil game that has a camera that moves Mm -hmm. and so i think they learned a lot from dino crisis when they developed code veronica
0: yeah totally So, this is, you know, let's talk about this. This is a good sort of segue into what is Dino Crisis, right? So, Mm. beyond being like another non-Resident Evil game, from the people that brought you Resident Evil, you know, (laughs) it's basically a twist on the formula, which is, number one, it's full 3D. Mm -hmm. So, there's no pre-rendered backgrounds anymore. And it's like... Onimusha or Code Veronica, where it's a fixed camera, but a fixed camera that can move sometimes. Yeah. So it's more dynamic. It looks cooler, and it sometimes alleviates like the gameplay problems. Yeah,
1: and it it also it's just generally better directed, you know, especially in cutscenes because (laughs) the damn camera can move. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I think a big thing though too is to remember that despite that this is still a classic survival horror game so Mm -hmm. a lot of the frustrations are still there it's got tanky controls Mm -hmm. it's got you know cumbersome item management Um, a shitty map oh a really shitty map (laughs) Um, it has a few things that even gen one survival horror games didn't do that are really weird choices like it doesn't let you save files Uh, So when you you read notes or files It doesn't save them for you So if you need Mm -hmm. information You have to write it down Yeah Um, I was actually so annoyed by this Because some of them are so wordy That I just didn't get what they were saying That I actually just started This is going to make me sound 100 years old And it's also hilarious But I started just literally taking pictures of the screen on my phone so i could like have my own diy notes file and it actually worked really well so i just had my photos open on my phone and i was like paging through and i was like i
1: I do that with retro game passwords all the time
0: oh really yeah (laughs) if it's just like one thing or just some numbers or something i'll just write it down on a pad but because there's so much info in notes in this game like i was just like i need to have the notes so anyway there's a hot tip uh (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, it's a very cumbersome game in some ways. But the big change is that you're fighting dinosaurs. Uh, Mm -hmm. The dinos are fast and aggressive. So you get more weapons and you get more ammo than you would in a normal, like, early survival horror game.
1: Do you Um, get more weapons? Because I think I've only found two through my game playthrough.
0: You get, I guess, not more. You get three.
1: Oh, the grenade launcher. Yeah, so there's a pistol, a shotgun, and a grenade launcher. Yeah,
0: right? with upgrades that you get periodically, yeah. and you get more ammo though. I guess that's what I should say.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like in Resident Evil Two, you get more weapons.
0: Yeah, you definitely get more rep- weapons in RE Two. So that okay, that's the weird thing about Diner Crisis is it's like it's definitely like a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing when you compare it to Resident Evil Two, because like. So in Resident Evil 2, you get too many weapons for your inventory space. So like you're constantly having to go back to item boxes and deposit things. And like you can get really frustrated at times because like you pick up a weapon that you need, but you can't get rid of your old weapon in an item box yet. Yeah. In this game, it's like you get only three weapons. They don't take up inventory space. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's cool. Uh And you get more ammo for them, but then you can't mix item slots. So like if you pick up a pack of bullets that has 10 bullets, that's an item slot. If you pick up another pack that has one bullet, you can't mix the two.
1: Really? Okay. I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah, and so you have a limited inventory. It's bigger than an RE2, but you also have like dumb shit like that where it's like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck? Why can't I just put them together and make 11 bullets? It's really weird.
1: Well, inventory management is a really weird thing in this game. Yeah. Because, uh, one, there's a lot of emphasis on combining items to make other items, Uh, either, you know, healing things or bullets or, you know, stuff like that. And the other thing is that the uh, the item chest situation in this game is really fucking bizarre. Super weird. Like, you find these items called plugs, and then you have to plug them into the item box to open them. But the item box does come with uh, goodies in it. But then they, it, your items don't warp to the other item boxes ever. They do. They do, okay. really. Okay,
0: so... <laughs> Okay, Here, before I explain how this works, let me just say this. It's really weird. This game is full of systems. So many systems. You might be asking yourself, why are there so many fucking systems? (laughs) And there's no answer. All of these systems are also mega complicated. And the Mm -hmm. game does not explain them to you. And I think my favorite moment in my playthrough of this was the first time I started experimenting with mixing stuff. And I was like, I don't get this. And then I looked up a guide and I was reading in the guide and the guide just said, honestly, I'm not quite sure how to explain this. You should just fuck around with it. (laughs) And and this was like the highest rated guide on game FAQs. And I was like, very tight.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest. I probably only used a third of the items in this game. Like There's just some shit I didn't really like. know what it did or care enough to use it. Mm-hmm. And I just combined a bunch of stuff quasi-randomly until I got good things.
0: Yeah, you get a lot of items, and you don't quite need most of them. Um, there are ones you can use to make your playthrough a lot easier, or to help you conserve ammo, or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you just get a ton of items. So... Okay, let's talk about items for a second. This is just a good illustration of how like Byzantine the shit in this game is. <laughs> so the way item boxes work is that there's four colors. There's uh, red, green, yellow, blue, I think? Or maybe it's just red, green, yellow. Um, mm. I can't quite remember. Anyway, so periodically you find these boxes on the wall that are a certain color. You need to have an item called plugs to open them. And it's also really funny because every time you pick one up, it says, I got the plug, which sounds like a rap lyric. And I just laughed every time. (laughs) I just heard, like, I got the plug. I got the plug, like, with, like, a trappy behind it. Hell yeah. Like, uh, hilarious. Anyway, so (laughs) you use these plugs to open the item box. Now, once you open an item box, if you open another one of the same color somewhere else, you can access it. But you have to go from the item box screen up to access and select the other box oh my god okay
1: yeah and so i don't (laughs) feel bad for not getting it now
0: no it's super weird and each so each box has 10 item slots and you Mm -hmm. can access all the ones you've opened from ones of the same color it's even more confusing because it's not like everywhere you go you find every color it'll just be like early in the game you might open a yellow one and then you're like I hope I I hope I find a yellow one later then you won't find another one until way later and all the items in there are like really shitty and you're like Mm -hmm. I'm not even using the handgun anymore you know
1: and guess what I hate it
0: okay so (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it Um, so the other thing with items is the mixing basically in throughout the game you get a bunch of items that are meant to enhance your existing items right and so you can for example you might get something that raises the power of your healing items or you might get something that raises the power of certain ammo that you find and stuff like that but there's really no cut and dry way to know what you're going to get you're kind of just flying blind and eventually you might figure out a couple recipes or something but the game will never tell you what those are or what to do yeah And on top of that, it just makes the game more difficult because you have so few item slots and your access to the item box is not guaranteed, nor is it really like sensible in any way. So you're always kind of struggling and you're just carrying like way too much shit.
1: I did feel like I was just leaving items everywhere because my item box or my inventory was full most of the time. Yeah. And that's
0: kind of the way you have to play the game. Honestly, I mean, the other thing too, is that the, the idiotic fact that you can't mix like ammo slots together, like I was saying, <laughs> so you can't yeah. make like five and five or 10 or something like you just can't mix them at all it means that a lot of times you're depositing like one bullet in your item box. So you can go pick up like 10 bullets. So, and you'll never pull those out of storage because it's just not worth it. So I like
1: video games
0: <laughs> at the end of the game, my item boxes were just full of like one single shotgun bullet. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ. It was so funny and stupid, but all of this is to say that like, this is a hardcore version of a resident evil two type game. Yeah, like sort of, that was my take on it. Like, Inventory management is harder. Understanding the weapons and items is harder. The combat is harder. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all just meant to be like if you finished Resident Evil 2, you loved Resident Evil 2, you played the like survival mode and did all that shit. Here's a game that's based around that concept.
1: Well, here's another thing, and this makes the game significantly easier. Um, I found that it's a completely viable strategy. To run from almost all the enemies. I don't know if they didn't think that people were going to do that or not. But if you just run from all the bad guys. You, you're you're less likely to get hit. You're not going to waste all your items. Um, they generally don't bash through doors. Even though sometimes they do. Like in a scripted way. Um, I found that the game was a lot easier. Once I stopped fighting all the dinosaurs and just ran.
0: Well and here's the thing. I really like. This game because of the strategy and choices it gives you. So all the enemy enemies are dinosaurs. There are no non-dinosaur enemies, uh, <laughs> and the dinosaurs like they're fast and they're really aggressive, and they sometimes follow you from room to room. Yeah. Um, and it what's cool is that it like seems scripted and it is, but it's kind of like Clock Tower esque where it's like depending on choices you make. Mm. And so like, yeah. like, depending on certain choices you make, a dinosaur might follow you to another room. So it's not quite like, it's it's definitely not anything like alien isolation where there's like complex mm-hmm. AI, but it is simulating that. And I think it does a good job of that.
1: I do have a little side note on that. Um, Mikami wanted the dinosaur AI to be a lot m- smarter um he wanted to include more complex dinosaur ai um where like the di- uh the dinosaurs would have individual personalities and then they would understand like if the player was hurt they could ambush them uh things like that
0: yeah totally and it's clear that i mean this game would have been something totally different had the tech been there mm-hmm. um there's also you have in the notes here, and I had I read this as well, that there was supposed to be more like outdoor environments.
1: Yeah, it, it just couldn't handle the polygon count. So they just scrapped it. So it's like it's a
0: really ambitious game and the tech wasn't there to actually make the game that they had envisioned. But the game that they made is still super, super impressive. I mean, the thing that I like about this game is like you're saying, so... It gives you so many different options for fighting dinosaurs. Like, you can just run. You can fight most of the dinosaurs you find if you manage your items right. Because you get, um, in addition to normal ammo and variant types of ammo, you also get darts that will let you either poison or put dinosaurs to sleep.
1: Yeah. Like, if, if you keep combining your darts together, you can get, like, a super dart that'll kill bad guys in one shot.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's really cool where you can decide like, okay, during this section, I'm going to use darts and then I'll switch back to ammo in the next section. There's also lasers like laser laser walls. Yeah. And so like, there's so many cool moments where like a dinosaur is chasing you and you run and like hit the button and lasers come up and like either trap it on the other side or knock it into your side. And then you have to like run from, there's just like a lot of cool Jurassic park moments (laughs) because the game is all about that strategy of containing and fighting dinosaurs
1: yeah well just like one of the main characters says this is just like that movie
0: (laughs) yes and they were obviously referring to carnosaurs (laughs) yeah (laughs) pre
1: Yeah, by uh full moon pictures
0: (laughs) yeah side note i mean like any sort of uh connoisseurs of 90s trash movies uh, will be familiar with all of the hilarious Jurassic Park ripoffs, like from yeah. the 90s, and oh yeah, this game is like all of them rolled into one and then sloppily painted over Resident Evil 2, and it's fucking incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely.
0: I really enjoyed, especially early. Well, I'd say like early and the mid sections of the game when the dinosaurs start getting a little more like harder and aggressive, mm-hmm. like the strategy element really, really comes into play. And so that is like deciding if you're going to fight, deciding if you're going to run. And it's just like in a good survival horror game where it's like, okay, I'm going to run here because I don't need to come back, but I'm going to kill them here because I am going to have to run through this a bunch of times.
1: Yeah, and if that sounds similar, it's because we said the same exact thing about the Resident Evil games. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know, like before this, we've all we've been basically talking about how it's different from Resident Evil, but there's so much to that is just like exactly the same, um, especially the progression. Like this giant laboratory that you're in is basically like a giant Spencer Mansion mm-hmm. uh, in laboratory clothes. You know, um, it's just a giant puzzle box. Uh, most of the game has to do with like getting doors unlocked and getting generators started there's a lot of uh generator based uh puzzle gameplay you know
0: yeah i mean the puzzles in this game so another thing that's like hilarious and also just feeds into the games like i don't give a shit about anything attitude uh Mm -hmm. is that all the puzzles in the game are either like really really cool or like the dumbest shit you've ever done.
1: They all have the really like garish, you know, like red, green, blue color coding. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: There's a lot of bad computer interfaces. Mm-hmm. Really big. Yeah. Carnosaurs vibes.
1: <laughs> a lot of them are like, uh, like word game logic puzzles, which kind of reminds me of things like a uh, fatal frame and Onimusha also yeah Um, and i mean there's like basically like a code cipher you have to figure out how to open these what are they called ddk locks (laughs) so so annoying
0: yeah totally um you know the thing about those i actually kind of liked them in the middle of the game like early on they're too easy and later on they're like way too weird and obtuse yeah um But yeah, like some of the puzzles I really did legitimately enjoy though. Like they're Mm -hmm. just little, you know, logic puzzles or word games or things like that, that I actually sat there and puzzled over and had
1: fun. Well, yeah. And it's, it's not a game without a classic Japanese crate pushing puzzle, you know? And I think you get two in this game. Yeah,
0: you get two. uh, the (laughs) second one is horrible. I hated that. Yeah. Um, I think too overall so like you know the puzzles swing wildly between being cool and being horrible Mm. I think the combat is really good and I enjoyed it but the whole flow all of this stuff the whole flow of the game is linear which is that it starts off really easy it gets kind of perfect in the middle and then at the end it just gets so weird and obtuse and hard Um, (laughs) I think a couple tips for me for playing this game is be ready to crack open a guide about mm. two thirds of the game. Uh sure. two thirds yeah. of the way through the game. Like you're gonna need a guide. It gets so
1: fucking weird that like it's just really hard to do it without one. I do want to comment on what you said about the game being linear. Uh the game is linear and there's really not a lot of like splitting ways to do things, except for a couple of scripted things that I guess we should talk about. But um it's linear. But it will make you run back and forth, like across the map through the same hallways, yeah, several times, yeah. Just to, I'm, 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 I'm assuming it's just to extend the length of the game. But yeah, there is a lot of running back and forth.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's the Resident Evil loop where you're meant to backtrack a lot. You're meant to occasionally unlock shortcuts, but mostly just find new keys and then go back and loot an area with your new keys. You know, mm-hmm. um there it's interesting because I do actually feel that they added a lot of stuff to try and break up the linearity or, you know, break up some of the normal like loop of a survival horror game. Mm-hmm. Um So one thing like we mentioned is that there's a lot of little scripted things that may or may not happen to you depending on choices you made. And then there's also branching pathways.
1: Um Yeah. It's basically like, um, you know, you're, you're this character and you're in a squad and sometimes the squad disagrees on what to do next. And you can side with one or two of your squad mates and either do two different things. The results are always pretty much the same except for like some story beats.
0: Well, that's, that's not true. I mean, a lot of them are more. So basically you have to, well, okay. And you know, we didn't even talk about what the setup of this game is. (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> the story is just like
0: this, yeah. c- completely useless. It's actually so bad that sometimes when they were talking, I would like tune out completely. Yeah. Check your phone. And th- well, <laughs> not even like I would just be staring at like my eyes would cross and I would suddenly not be able to like process the information I was hearing. <laughs> but then you get back in yeah. control of the character and the game doesn't ever tell you what the mission objective is. And then yeah. I'd be like, fuck, that's actually why I started looking at a guide. Cause I would like, <laughs> <laughs> miss stuff that people were saying and they talk so much mm-hmm. I was just like oh my god i actually have no idea what i'm supposed to be but okay so I, I
1: did that like four times yeah
0: <laughs> so the setup is that you play as this character regina regina who, <laughs> regina specter uh the beloved uh alt alt piano ballad here uh you may know her from the horrendous horrendous uh theme song to orange is the new black although she's not bad overall like holy crap that theme song is is really bad um anyway uh the point is that regina specter is part of this uh elite uh tactical she basically stars you know
1: um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do they call it like sores or something <laughs> like <that>? <laughs> sores
0: <laughs> um and like uh Basically, uh, they helicopter to this island to find this reclusive scientist who is legally dead, but has been alive and doing experiments on some secret island base. Um, Something about energy they've got to go find him (laughs) so they go there and they find that the whole place is overrun with dinosaurs and
1: (laughs) they accidentally landed at jurassic park
0: yeah and so they try and rescue this scientist from jurassic park of course there's a (laughs) little bit of twisting and turning like the scientist is evil but that's never really explained (laughs) or like Mm. uh it's also kind of hilarious that like basically he like set up a lab to discover cold fusion and then ended up discovering dino summoning (laughs) and like summoned a bunch like that never gets explained, but it's basically
1: like doom, like the storyline of doom, but like dinosaurs, it's a hundred percent doom. He opened the gates to dinosaur hell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, so anyway, you have a little three person squad, um, and you have, You have two teammates um i think their names are rick and gail yeah um so rick is like the computer guy and he's like that's his role and gail is basically dolph lundgren and that's his role
1: (laughs) yeah you have dolph lundgren and like the wise kraken nerd
0: well you have dolph lundgren and then you have boris from goldeneye basically (laughs) uh and so the game i think it's at three different points let you like You have to solve a situation, or you have to resolve a situation, and it lets you either choose Rick's plan or Gale's plan. Yeah. Um, Rick's plan always involves doing a bunch of weird puzzles, like the stuff Mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier, and like basically, like in a modern game, we'd probably call them like hacking mini games, you know? Right. Stuff in that style. UI
1: heavy stuff.
0: Yeah. And then Gale's plan always involves shooting a lot of dinosaurs
1: in the face. (laughs) or if you're like me running from all of them <laughs> yeah exactly it's not even running from them it's just running around them because they get in their a- attack animation and you just run and it, like they'll never see you again
0: i will say that shooting dinos is very fun and i hope you at least did some of that because otherwise you really missed out on some yeah. fun there mm-hmm. especially at the end of the game when you just have so many grenades and you can just like run around grenading dinos
1: i will say i didn't use any grenades oh dude okay you really did miss out like okay i was i was more of a poison dart guy honestly yeah the poison dart is rad
0: but like playing the game on easy and grenading dinos to hell is amazing okay (laughs) yeah that's that's what i did because i've
1: played this game a bunch of times i'll have to fire up my save file and get all explosive with these bad boys it's so yeah i think i only used the grenade launcher on the last boss Deep yeah age. yeah
0: yeah so like I, I guess the reason I, I bring up all of this just to give some backstory, but also you know we were sort of talking about the linear nature of the game. It's kind of cool that they they introduced this element of like you can choose how you're gonna resolve the situation and so if you want to like for example, if you go do a playthrough where you always pick Rick's way of doing things, you're actually gonna have a pretty different scenario than at least at those certain points than if you always pick uh gale's way
1: yeah sure
0: you know and i thought that's kind of cool and it's kind of like the overall vibe of this game i would say is like if you like because this is also a mechanic that was in the original resident evil 3 um the choice thing Mm, yeah but it was a much heavier element in that game um i think if you like resident evil 3 if you like code veronica if you like onimusha Like you're going to like this game because it's Mm. that same type of game where they're trying to mix action and survival horror and increase the game speed and the intensity of a survival horror game but this is just the most rudimentary version thank you for listening to Zero Brightness if you'd like to support us directly you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness you can also find and interact with us on facebook Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at
1: ZeroBrightness.com We'll see you out there. Onimusha came out two years later. And I think Onimusha did this so much better. It was just so much like faster and snappier. And in that game, I don't remember ever like worrying about items and item boxes. Things like that. Um, I think Onimusha just like even even with the static camera stuff, I, Onimusha did the action horror thing so much better.
0: Oh, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I just think that I give this game props for having some of that same feel. Mm. Like, it's clunky in the item management, and it's clunky in the puzzles and that kind of stuff, but like the actual feel of moving and combat and stuff in this game is I really liked it. Okay. Like mm. I think it's a, a big step up from Resident Evil two. And I think it's much closer to the later games that we mentioned than people give it credit for. Like, mm. I don't know. I think down crisis is kind of underrated. Really? Yeah. And my, and so my thing too, I guess my background, not only having played this game a bunch, but also like, I love Galerians And I think this is a really similar game to Galerians in the sense that it's like a gen one survival horror game, but it's got its eyes set on the future.
1: Well, it does have a lot of similarities, especially with the like obtuse systems. Uh huh. You know, I feel like the same negatives in Galerians list, uh, exist in Dino Crisis. Yeah. I think Dino Crisis is just a lot more accessible than Galerians. Hmm. Uh, they might be on the same tier of obtuseness for me. I didn't get stuck in Dino Crisis because of its obtuseness like I did with Galerians. But I think Gal- Galerians' strength is that like, you actually like might give a shit about what's going on in the game, where in Dino Crisis it's literally just like turn off your brain and play it.
0: Yeah. No, that's totally fair. But I, I think that's kind of my my take on it. you know. But And the big thing, the thing that immediately made me think of Galerians was the controls yeah, because it has the same. So the controls, we talked about this in the Galerians episode, but like the, the most traditional quote unquote, like tank control scheme is basically rotating your character with the left and right triggers Mm -hmm. and then moving in the cardinal directions with the, uh, like a D pad or an analog stick. So this game and Galerians both did the same thing, where they basically mapped the whole control scheme onto an analog stick, and it
1: works better, but it's like not amazing. (laughs) I mean, I I think that uh, you know, no pun intended, that tank controls have just been burned into like the lizard part of my brain since I've been playing them since I was a child. Yeah. So I have like no problem with tank controls. They still suck, though.
0: Oh, I agree with you. I'm just saying that when I play this game and when I play Galerians, I find the controls even easier than normal to manage, mm. just because of the the fact that it's all in one place. Um, side note: so I think I talked about this in the Echo Knight episode, but like I'm really into emulating these games and trying to figure out how to fix the controls. <laughs> uh, so in Echo Knight I did like a hilarious twin stick. Uh, emulation thing, yeah, that actually worked really, really well and made the game like so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this game, my trick and side note: if you don't know what I'm, what we're talking about at all, um, basically we emulate these games using a program called EPSXE, um, great emulator. And then you just need to get like an ISO file of the game, which you of course already own. Thus, having the ISO is legal. Which in this case for me is actually true. (laughs) I do have a disc copy of Dino Crisis. Yeah,
1: with EPSXE, you can actually just play straight off of a disc too. If you want to be like that. Yeah.
0: I should have done that. I have the disc.
1: Yeah. If you just really love loading screens. Yeah. So (laughs) EPSXE
0: is like the best PlayStation emulator, but it has really bad control mapping. So unless you're going to play with like a keyboard, uh, it's not good. So what I do is I run a program called Xpatter, X-P-A-D-D-E-R, um, which is basically a controller emulator. So what it lets you do is plug in, for example, like like any USB controller. Um, I use an Xbox One controller. You can use like a DualShock 3 or 4, anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- that program lets you create... Um, it lets you create profiles and map controls from your keyboard to your controller. Yeah. So you basically just need to look up what the default controls are on EPSXE and then map them in Xpadder. So basically for this one, what I did was uh, this is made for the original PlayStation controller, not analog, nothing. Um, <laughs> right. And so it has very, very simple controls. It's just D-pad, two shoulder buttons, four face buttons. And what you can do with this game if you're using a modern controller like with an Xbox One controller is map the run button, which is normally circle, I believe, to the like left trigger or Mm. L2 and then remap the draw weapon button, which is normally R1 to R2. So then you can use the analog stick with like your thumb and then using your middle finger to depress the run button that makes it so much easier to move around. Mm, And then also using the R2 instead of R1, just it's easier for your brain to like quickly draw your weapon and fire. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's such a minor change, but like it totally changed the game for me and it made it so much easier to play.
1: That's a pro tip.
0: Yeah. I know that was like long and may seem kind of pointless, but like, I know that before I started doing this for the show, I always felt really lost trying to like emulate stuff and like do controller emulation, all that kind of stuff. But like once you get into it, it's so amazing because you can play these old games and make the controls more bearable. I highly Mm -hmm. recommend it. If anyone has any questions, you know where to fucking find us. We're in the (laughs) discord all the time. So just ask me there, but yeah,
1: seriously. I wish it worked better for fatal frame.
0: I haven't tried it for fatal frame.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem is that uh, there's a third-person mode and a first-person mode, and you really only want to change the controls for first-person mode. But then it breaks everything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
0: You know what? That's right. I tried to do it with uh, Dolphin for the Fatal Frame 2 remake on the Wii.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: Yeah. And I I got it working, but it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that. Like, you'd have to map to different control schemes to a toggle which is just nuts that's like dark souls levels of controller (laughs) bullshit like i can't do that no thanks so maybe i'm biased like because i did that but i just found the movement and combat in this game were actually like snappy and fun like fighting the dinos is really hectic and cool and especially early on before you're used to it it's like every time you go up against a velociraptor you're like holy
1: shit." shit speaking of Velociraptors, you're going to see a lot of them. Um, there isn't a ton of enemy variety in this game. No. I think there's the Velociraptors and then like the big versions of them, which I don't know what they're called. Yeah. And then the the Flying Boys and one giant T-Rex. Is that it? Well, there's Velociraptors. There's super uh,
0: Velociraptors that are vaporwave colors. Oh, yeah. Those don't count. They count. Uh, kind it's of. just a
1: it's just a palette swap.
0: Sure. And then there's the bigger guys who I don't know what they actually are, but they kind of look like Ankylosaurus or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's pterodactyls and a T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah. So four bad guys. Oh, no, compies, the little guys. What's a compie?
1: Oh, yeah. they're They're basically just raptors, but tiny.
0: Yeah, they're tiny raptors.
1: <laughs> but they're, like, cuter than, like enemies i didn't even kill them because i thought they were too cute uh
0: i killed a few of them just to see it was kind of fun once again (laughs) (laughs) uh once again if you're a fan of jurassic park the rampage for the sega genesis let me tell you you're gonna get a Mm. kick out of this game uh the but the funny thing is like the compies are only in two areas the pterodactyls are only in like two areas it's mostly just the the raptors super raptors and the ankylosaurs
1: yeah like 99 percent of the game is just raptors (laughs) yeah
0: well and that's like i said though i think the the combat and the managing the laser barriers and just like all the management around escaping those guys is fun enough that the game like in my opinion it gets away with it but Mm. if you don't like that i could totally see feeling like where
1: are the rest of the raptors
0: or where are the rep- rest of the dinosaurs you know
1: <laughs> I've played a lot of monster hunter I want to see uh, more than four dinos
0: yeah no I mean once again I mean these are valid criticisms I just think like maybe it's important to go into this game knowing that it's like really bare bones you know yeah Because like knowing that I feel like you're more forgiving towards stuff like that
1: and I think it's it's also just padded for length. You know, again, like most of these early survival horror games, it's two hours too long. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, I think we did an episode on it. <laughs> we did a zero brightness plus about how every classic and classic style survival horror
0: game is two hours too long and or, you know, adjusted for length about 20 to 30 percent too long. Which yeah. is absolutely true. I think this is a five to six hour game and yeah. it should be three to four.
1: Yeah, it, it would feel a lot cooler. Uh, Onimusha did that and it's better for it. So I think Dino Crisis here would also be better for the uh, brevity.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, I think it's it's definitely worth saying that like Onimusha is just this game in a different cosplay outfit and better.
1: What if Onimusha had shotguns and dinosaurs?
0: That would be pretty sick, actually.
1: edo arrow dinosaurs?
0: (laughs) Dinosaurs with, like, samurai helmets? Fuck yeah. Dude, that sounds sick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Onimusha X Dino Crisis. (laughs) Gaiden. From the
0: people that brought
1: you Dinosaurs for Hire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was that guy's name? Dude, yeah, how have we gotten this far in the episode and not mentioned Dinosaurs
1: for Hire... Tom Mason's Dinosaurs for Hire
0: yeah there you go so, only the
1: horniest dinosaurs
0: <laughs> from the from the horny mind of Tom Mason
1: <laughs> comes Onimusha X Dinosaurs for Hire Gaiden
0: <laughs> yeah these dinos in this game are very like anatomically correct dinos they're super not horny they don't have abs or anything
1: no. just imagine if you were being chased by the T-Rex and he had like a giant cock the whole time
0: <laughs> and like ripped abs and like a tank top.
1: <laughs> Just Donald ducking it, chasing you. <laughs>
0: Not good. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally worth saying that like Onimusha did this game, but better. But yeah. I don't think that takes away from this game. Like, I think this is, game exists in the same space at, that Galerians does where it's like, If you want something like this game, which is a classic survival horror game in a totally different setting with different enemies and a different feel and different combat, like you're going to love this game, you know, Mm. like it's great at what it is. But if you get frustrated with classic survival horror or you don't want an experience that's like kind of taxing at times and like you probably might get more frustrated with it,
1: you know. I will say this, after playing the Resident Evil 3 demo, and then playing Dino Crisis right afterwards, uh, a remake of this in that new Resident Evil engine would be fucking insane.
0: Oh my god, dude. I want it so
1: bad. Raptors jumping through windows and out of refrigerators and stuff. It'd be absolutely insane.
0: Dude, it'd be so good. Well, no, Okay, so that's the crazy thing. Like we, I was playing this game for the show when the RE3 demo dropped. Yeah, And like, it was so funny because playing that demo, the things that stuck out to me is number one, that gameplay style adapts really well to having the game speed and the action increased. Mm-hmm. And also that like the real magic of RE2 remake, and I'm assuming the magic that is going to be in RE3 remake, is that like they made the zombies so unpredictable and smart and scary. Yeah. And fast at times, even like the way they can lunge at you and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like it, that's the magic of that game. So when I was playing down crisis, it's like, Oh yeah, that's like, this is where that kernel of an idea was first introduced. You know, it's Mm. like the dinosaurs, like we were saying, they don't have the AI of something like the alien from alien isolation. Like they're not genius, but they are faster and smarter and more unpredictable than the zombies in Resident evil Two. And it like mm. really changes the game. And I think that like all those all these like modern Resident Evil games like owe a huge debt to
1: that idea. Right? That would be sick and like a remake with like Raptors being alien smart. Yeah. 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 Like I
0: think that would be amazing if they were as smart and unpredictable and everything as like the zombies in the R E two and three remakes. But mm-hmm quick and agile and powerful like the Xenomorph in alien isolation, but also killable. Like that's a game changer. That would be the fucking coolest game,
1: dude. Shinji. What the fuck, bro?
0: (laughs) Come back. Shinji. Come back. (laughs) Get in the Ava. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Like one of us has to say this. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think I hope they do it. I know that like, that last year they renewed a bunch of old trademarks one of them being dino crisis Mm, and like people were assuming it was either for a remake or a re-release or something like i hope they do it because
1: yeah i mean this game rocks dude well they got that resident evil engine which is such a sick engine and it runs great on everything Um, yeah they should just be cranking these fucking games out on aria engine oh yeah Absolutely. They should do some more first person stuff too because RE7 was sick.
0: Yeah, the R- RE engine is great. I feel like they're going to make eight first person, but then keep doing these like third person spinoffs mm. and remakes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Dino Crisis is just so fucking fun, man. Like, <laughs> like we were saying, even the story is so dumb that your brain will turn off, but then you'll just hear like a great, stupid quote, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh man, the dialogue is just so fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's it's so like straight to TV, made for VHS kind of feel. It's dumb. Yeah, it's fun. It's Um, so good. You're not watching Schindler's List. You're watching like a fucking full moon features production. Yeah, Yeah,
0: totally. And when you beat the game, you get a a splash screen that says "Excellent, you got mad skills." (laughs) Yeah,
1: only if you have mad skills yeah if you suck it probably doesn't say that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true um yeah like one
0: thing too I really do recommend emulating this game Mm. like it there's a lot of shitty instant death trap moments yeah and the game has some cool features to help you out like there's an item called resuscitation that Mm -hmm. basically will start you at a checkpoint near where you died but like, there's one of them that took me, like, eight tries or something. It's, like, one of it's the times when the T-Rex pops out at you. Really? Yeah, the one where you're outside on that walkway. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I just kept getting killed. And Oof. if I hadn't had save states, that part probably would have been, <laughs> like, a game ender for me.
1: On that note, um, the Dreamcast version is 100% emulatable. Oh. And it looks great. Yeah. Uh, apparently it has higher resolution backgrounds and it just runs better. Like the textures look better and things like that. So, yeah. Um, you can do that. I didn't find a dreamcast emulator that would let you use quick save and quick load though. Uh, So, uh, your mileage may vary.
0: Yeah. That would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I will say as a side note, man, I watched some footage of the dreamcast version and it looks amazing. And like we talked about a little bit before, uh, The Dreamcast version of Resident Evil 2 is also amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. The Dreamcast and N64 versions of Resident Evil 2 are incredible. And yeah, the Dreamcast version of this looks incredible. So I know someone in our Discord, I think, was talking about playing it.
1: That's why I tried it, yeah.
0: Yeah, like those are so fucking good. And (laughs) I believe those are the ones that got re-released on the GameCube. I don't think Dino Crisis ever did, but I know Ari... Two and three got Mm re-released on the gamecube and i believe they used the dreamcast versions
1: uh and dino crisis also got a windows version in 2000 but i don't think it's as nice as the dreamcast version
0: yeah for sure pc ports of these games at that time were horrendous so
1: (laughs) yeah unless they originated on pc yeah yeah. for sure yeah totally
0: um but yeah like I, I love these alternate versions of uh these capcom games they're so cool and i mean dino crisis i think it, it's worth saying is a really good looking ps1 game
1: and i think pc ports of playstation games are just really interesting like the final fantasy 7 pc port yeah uh it came in like a pyramid box
0: that's what i played i had that oh version. really yeah, yeah
1: yeah a lot of those idos I think it was um, developed by idos for the uh, PC it was like ported by them yeah it's
0: funny because like I
1: played a lot of that's the reason I say
0: they're all bad is because I played a lot of them because I didn't have a PlayStation until like I don't know man like 2001 maybe like mm. 2001 2002 uh and so that was like after all these games had already come out so a lot of the games i was really hyped for i played on my pc and that's why like the minute that bleem came out the playstation <laughs> yeah, no emulator, really. yeah like i played Chrono Cross on fucking bleem and i played a bunch of games on bleem and like uh yeah it was all terrible but i did it because i wanted to play it So <laughs> yeah that was a weird moment in gaming yeah for sure but like Dino Crisis is a good-looking PS1 game,
1: man. Like it does, and it, it it surprisingly holds up even with the dynamic backgrounds. Uh huh. Um, they really played to the limitations. Like I can understand why they cut the jungle section because um, the game plays smoothly because they chose you know boxy locations essentially. You know, yeah totally and I think like this
0: game kind of reminds me of some other sort of like minimalist classics from this time like um, the N64 game Hybrid Heaven Mm -hmm. that's a favorite of mine personally Oh man, we should do that for the show at some point. I forgot that game exists (laughs) until like right now. Holy shit. But like, that's a game that has like a real like samey look and it's an underground base, like kind of thing. But it's all about like the moment to moment gameplay. It's all about the gameplay systems being super fun and polished. And like Mm. this game has that going for it. And so it's like, they put the time into making the combat cool and like putting all these weird puzzles and stuff and yeah the whole it's a smooth experience
1: it's well-rounded it really just feels like a a popcorn movie that lasts too long um yeah i feel like i would be a lot more fond of it if it was like three and a half to four hours instead of six
0: yeah like i said this is totally a trial run for onimusha onimusha (laughs) is just this game but better on a fundamental level but I, I like this game a lot I think certain aspects of it the dinosaurs and the combat and all that stuff are really fun and really cool and yeah I, I hate to say it I like it better than those two Resident Evil games I put on blast Oof, earlier like brutal, yeah. Resident Evil 3 I think it's just because I've never just been super into that game like right. yeah. I've been meaning to replay it for a long time but yeah there's just something about it it just doesn't grab me you know
1: yeah speaking of Dino Crisis PS1 of, yeah. Uh, two and one quarter stars.
0: God damn. That is vicious.
1: <laughs> um, um, No, I'll, I'll give it two and a half stars. It's average. I love this game. Like
0: I said, I think it rocks. I do think that it is like Galerians in that it's a game where if you like the style of game, if you love this classic survival horror and you just want more and you want a slightly different spin on it, like... Mm -hmm. you have to play this game because it's that and it's really really good at being that it's really really good at taking the elements you're familiar with and remixing them and making sure that nothing is exactly the same as Resident Evil 2 even though it's all super reminiscent of Resident Evil 2 Mm. I will say that if that's not the case this might not be a must play for you in the same way that I would say Resident Evil 2 is a must play for everybody
1: I would rather play Galerians. I would rather play Onimusha, but I mean, if 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 you're if you love this genre and you wish it had more action, and you like Jurassic Park, you're gonna love Dinocrisis.
0: Yeah, totally. That's the bottom line.
1: It's the best Jurassic Park game for sure. I I, mean, I will say this objectively: if you don't have nostalgia for this game. You're not going to like it as much as the people that played this back in the day.
0: But I think that if someone had never played this game, but they love this style, like I was saying, I think they would Mm. still like the game. But yeah, I mean, you have to have patience with it. It's an old game and it feels older than it is because of the design choices.
1: Yeah, the UI is kind of dated. I think that fans of the game that played it back in the day hype it up. You said earlier that this game was underrated. I would argue to say that the the diehards make it overrated. Interesting. I think it's 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 a pretty average game. It's average. It's not. It doesn't suck. It for sure doesn't suck. It's just average. See, I don't know what people really
0: say about this game. I was just saying it's underrated because I don't see it brought up in conversation the same way mm. as other like classics uh, survival horror games. That's why I say Galerians is underrated too.
1: Yeah, I would, you know, nobody talks about Galerians like they do about Dino Crisis, though.
0: Yeah, I just, it's it's interesting because now we're seeing so much more conversation about this era of survival horror because of s- these, like, Capcom remakes and mm-hmm. new games coming out in the style, like the PS1 haunted demo disc that we covered. Like, mm-hmm. this whole era is being looked at more, and it's it's still, I feel like, Dino Crisis is kind of looked at as like a lower tier game and I think it's Hmm. it's better than that but like I said it's a it's a niche thing you know it's like if you're talking about a genre of music right like any given genre of music has the bands that it's like even if you don't like this you need to listen to it right like Even if you fucking hate shoegaze music, you have to listen to My Bloody Valentine. Like, (laughs) just to be a well-rounded person. If you're a music lover, you have to have listened to Mm -hmm. My Bloody Valentine at least once and had the experience or whatever. But if you love shoegaze, then there's all these other smaller bands for you to check out, you know? Dino Crisis is like
1: uh, Pale Saints or something. (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. It's got the pedigree it's a fucking Shinji Mikami game, dude. Yeah. Like, he invented the genre. Yeah, but he's a fucking weirdo, dude.
0: He's pumped out all sorts of weird crap. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah.
1: This is like if the Rolling Stones, like, did an album with the Flaming Lips in 1994.
0: <laughs> This is like some of those weird 80s records that Rolling Stones actually did do. That's what Dino Crisis is. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you remember the Evil Within episode, we had like a fairly long conversation just about the bizarre fucking animated logo for Tango Gameworks. Like, <laughs> the opening of the first episode of this show is me postulating that I think Shinji Mikami is a fucking weird dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Dino Crisis proves it. Yeah. that's what i say Dino crisis
0: rocks like
1: (laughs) (laughs) rocks like goat's head soup i don't know what you just said (laughs) goat's head soup is the best rolling stones album i don't remember that one it's tight dude winter go listen to winter (laughs) if if i didn't want to get copyrighted winter would be playing right now
0: i mean it could be (laughs) maybe i'll just like pitch it really way down so it's like the chopped and screwed version oh sick dude
1: yeah send that to me (laughs) (laughs) hey I'll probably end up making it I've got a lot of time now yeah yeah so yeah that's Dino Crisis I guess (laughs) let's make like a tree and get out of here yeah dude let's uh
0: assuming we have the right key card let us move into the game club room
1: (laughs) yes I got that DDK cipher yeah (laughs) Uh, the password uh, so
0: is butts <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so on the horizon gosh uh, well we're going to do the cat lady right the cat lady Yep. yeah we'll, be, and we'll have a special guest on that one yes very excited for that and then we're going to yeah. do pray pray 2017 my hitman by Bethesda yes game works come on
0: everybody play it please
1: (laughs) and then after that we'll play hitman just kidding (laughs) it's not spooky enough I feel like the fact
0: that we're playing my hitman means that eventually we do have to just play hitman
1: (laughs) maybe for zero brightness plus maybe for a special episode or something yeah a really long episode (laughs) (laughs) 100 hour episode an episode per stage yeah dude can't wait for it okay episode one paris coming soon coming soon